and then from there is more like let's let's go win a world series event let's go try get on the podium in the olympic i think what we didn't realize is the actual toll that tournament took on us mentally like as in like that was extremely stressful so it's just it's mad like how certain things that happen give you certain opportunities Hey, I hope you're keeping well. I'm Brian Moylet, former rugby player, now mindset and performance coach. And welcome to the pod. This podcast is about well-being and high performance. And in it, you will learn how you can be happier, more fulfilled and more successful. I recently wrote the book on how to become a pro rugby player, forward by Robbie Henshaw, which went to number one in the charts. And you can get this now on Amazon and Audible with the links in the show notes. Please connect me now over on social media at Brian Moylet and at Offfield Rugby. If you enjoyed the pod, please subscribe to it, leave a rating and review wherever you're listening now. And also, you can send it on to some friends. Would really appreciate that. All right, we'll get into today's episode. Cheers. Hey, I hope you're keeping well. Today I'm chatting with an old teammate of mine, Foster Horn, uh, Lansdowne, Irish 20s, Irish 7s. Good to see you, Fuzzy. Well, nice to see you, Moira. It's been a, been a while now, all right, but uh, it's it's good to, to catch up with the, the big man. <laughs> Cheers, bud. Yeah, so how has, I suppose, start off, how have things been since you retired, so why moved over to Sydney? Um, yeah, so over in Sydney now, um, I think I'm two years now retired, so um finished up after the Olympics in Tokyo. Um, and I suppose, yeah, very different, um, just trying to get back into like a regular routine of the nine to five job. Um, I'm working away as a physiotherapist now, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely dif- different. Um, you'd miss the, the crack with the boys and, um, I suppose that the training element, um, but it's, uh, I suppose the body, the body doesn't, it's, it's not complaining anyway, uh. It's nice to be able to get out of bed on a, a Saturday or Sunday morning and you're you're feeling fresh. Yeah, what was it like with the the training like building up to the Olympics? Look, it's uh it's definitely tough. Um it's uh it's particularly with sevens like your your high speed meters, your your running load is is so much higher than when you're when you're in a 15s uh environment um so like i i definitely for me when i transitioned into sevens i struggled quite a bit with trying to catch up with that load and i I would have had a lot of injuries um but luckily enough like had had a good team and everything under us and like i was able to i suppose meet the demands and sort of get my body up to that sort of capacity and um like likewise then for the lead up into the olympics it was it was sort of a bit of a, a funny one as it was just like right in the middle of covid um so throughout the whole of covid like we would have had i suppose a lot of online interaction a lot of i suppose training in our own time i i actually we took a load of like equipment out of the high performance center up in blanche like all the guys that was all split up amongst the whole team um so i would have done like a lot of my own gym workout of like my garage at home and then like i would have done like a lot of 
a lot of running and like a, a lot of uh, building up of like towards classing. It was it was tough as like we didn't actually know what was actually going on. Like it's actually mental to think back on it that you know pretty much the whole world shut down and we no one actually knew like like what was was the training actually going to be for anything was the olympics going to go ahead like we even still had to qualify for the olympics at that stage so like we literally were like just trained away on our own like mind-numbing stuff like we were doing like zoom calls like for like metcons and stuff like that so it's just to sort of i suppose keep the morale going but then obviously we got the news that was going ahead and we had a big tournament to to sort of play for in Monaco. Um, I think it was like six or seven weeks out before the Olympics. Um, and luckily enough, got the job done there. And I suppose that was, I suppose the resilience of all the boys that that sort of pushed on through COVID and sort of kept up that that training throughout. Um, and then off the back of that, we obviously had like a quite an intense six weeks or that like leading up to the to the actual Olympics. So it was uh, it was it was pretty pretty uh pretty hard in the body all right but like it's uh it's it's always so much easier when you've when you've got a group of guys who are pushing for the same goal and um it, i suppose after it was it was refreshing as well after that that sort of break off the the, the cold, over covid hmm. and when you mentioned their injuries chat to your dad so like what just you're you're pushing the body and just you know getting what groins hamstrings different kind of injuries and pulling up and yeah so for me the big one was uh hamstrings like as in she's like i i couldn't i i couldn't get any luck at all at the start like it was even it was both even with Lansdowne and with the sevens like um like so i think i i i started off in the sevens in 20 2015 when the program kicked off and i actually didn't get my first cap till 2018 so that'll, that'll give you a good idea of like there's three years there of just like hamstring after hamstring just it kept going um i remember like there was a stage i couldn't even get a run of two or three games at lands then because i'd pick up some form of knock like just somewhere obviously unlucky like as in like i think i've done like an mcl or like a broken jaw and like you know all different different things like that in terms of like hamstring wise like i it was just that running load i suppose i i just i'd i'd come back and you know when you're always when you're injured, there's always something to come back for. So you're you're trying to like get back as quick as you can, and then you're just obviously increasing that risk of uh, of pulling up again. Yeah, that's something real interesting because it's funny, like you say, no matter where you are, who you are, what team you're playing with, there's always like something. If they say it's it's a month, four weeks, you're like, there's a game in three weeks. Or if they say it's six months, you're like, there's a big game in five months. And I think no matter who it is, there's always something to be getting back for quicker. And something I found, I was in um, spending a couple of days with Leinster there uh, last Christmas around that time. And they said something, return to perform versus return to play. Or that's their idea. And that was the first time I'd heard of that, you know? And it's, you don't go back till you're, I suppose what ninety five percent or till you're ready to be your best. Exactly, and like I think that that you're dead right in terms of return to performance. When when I came back, when I when when the seven sort of developed into more of a full time role and into more of a professional role, as as obviously we moved up the rankings, um, definitely like the the management team 
started pushing a lot more that return to performance and like I even remember because in my head I was like if I can if I can run or if I can um like if I can hit over 90 percent I should be able to just jump straight back into the team and you know because like it's so important to play those games but a big part of the management particularly around me was like you have to you have to hit that 90%, but then you also have to have a running load of three weeks or two to three weeks under your belt before you can actually get into training or get into into game time. And I suppose that's huge because all you're doing is you're building that capacity to be able to get back into, I suppose, the demands that you need for the game rather than like being able to sprint, but then you're straight into like your your change of direction, your your um I suppose high volume, your your exposure to them high high running speeds. Um so like it was it was a big part, I suppose, that the management team like they would have just managed managed me a lot better, particularly in that professional environment. And then I was able to get the run of games under my belt. And once you have them run of games, like you build up that resilience as as you know yourself, like yeah it's a way to go i think like i i look at soccer sometimes or having the pass and be like they you know they they fall over and they take a week out or two weeks out or you know like yeah. but i understand in that they're they're over precautious because they play 50 games a year or something and you know they know that if someone tweaks their hammy ever so slightly like marcus rashford or someone they're not going to roll him out in three days time he's going to take a week or two weeks out and Rugby, like when we were growing up, obviously, if you're if your leg hanging off, you just still played. <laughs> and, and but I think it, it's just not it's not the way to go about it. And I know you're talking about like Olympics, like top top level professional. But even I think at you know lower levels, if you're whatever amateur playing for fun and you want to play with your and you're all banged up, whatever. But yeah, for long term, like it's just it really looking back, like when I was there, I wouldn't have. I would have still played probably at different levels, but like it's just it's kind of not worth it, isn't it? Not. Oh, sure. Do you remember Prendo and Lansdowne? Didn't he? He fractured his clavicle or something, yeah. and he played <laughs> played half the year on it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> like a broken shoulder. <laughs> you take a few anti glands there if you're <laughs> gets the scan at the end of the year and it's fractured, like. <laughs> And him packing down yeah. in the front row, like, oh my god, what a joke! Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But like, that's that. the thing. Like, everybody's carrying an off, like, and they're they're sort of just pressing on with it, aren't they? Like, they're they're just managing it as well as they can. Yeah, I think as well as I suppose you want it so much as well. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And you just want to get out there and play, like, and, you know, if you're, like, I, I don't think anybody's ever at 100% when they're playing, particularly towards that end of the season. But if you, if you, if you can manage, if you've got the strength there and everything, you can sort of push on with it, like. Yeah. And I kind of, I think it needs, you need, like you said, or like you had, good medical team that were monitoring you and holding you back because I think you need to be held back because, every player will if they feel 85% good they're going to say I'm playing 
you know. Oh, you're dead right. Like, as in that decision, like, of course, a part of it's going to be with the player, but I think a lot of it um, has to come through that, that management and through that, I suppose, the physio and the doctor and everything else to to know how, and even the, your S&C and your, your, your GPS and sports scientists so that they know exactly what, like, that's that's how it, it definitely has come on some amount, like, as in, even when I was in that seventh program, I've seen accelerate some, like, serious amount to, to the, the detail that they sort of manage us. Um, and it, it made such a difference in terms of, like, because I just know for them three or four years that I was struggling, like, to even get a game like then to turn around and being able to to play and 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 back that up like you know which which is which is huge and it's I suppose a testament to to the management that that looked after us like. Hmm. And so you were full time, were you? Yeah. So we were full time, pretty much. I'd say it was probably pre two thousand eighteen. We went full time. It was it was sort of. So I'm trying to think now back to my dates. I we started in 2015, and we would have worked our way up from Division C, B, and A uh, in Europe, um, and then to get into the Grand Prix. And then from the Grand Prix, we had to you had to you had to finish one or two. I think we'd won it anyway. And you go you go to Hong Kong, and that's sort of the big tournament where where if you win Hong Kong, you're into the World Series. Um, and for our first year in 2018, I think we went pr- pretty much professional that year. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't get it the first time around, but the second time around, we, we did get it. Um, we, we managed to qualify for the World Series. And then since then, it's just been each year, step up, step up, step up. So I suppose it was very much so like our, our main goal was to get on the series. Once we got on the series, the main goal was to get to the Olympics, which we've done. And then from there is more like let's let's go win a World Series event. Let's go try get on the podium in the Olympics. Like you know, so like I know the guys that are in there now, and they'll have goals in terms of like obviously they've they've qualified for the Olympics a year out, which is huge because when we when we qualified for twenty twenty, we had five or six weeks to prepare for one of the biggest tournaments in our lives. Um, and like like we had put all our energy into qualifying for the Olympics as like we had to play a very good French team. Like, you know, there was like like Tonga, Samoa, like some really good teams at that qualifier that we m- managed to win. And then our, our goal, I suppose, changed so quickly to being like, okay, now we have to go try and win an Olympics. Um, and you can't really do that in five or six weeks. Like, so... Um, we always said it's so important for the next the next uh, squad when when they're going for the Paris twenty twenty four that they get it the year out and they've managed to do that. So I just know them guys now like everything they're channeling is towards Paris twenty twenty four and getting on that podium and like they're they're easily capable of doing that. Um, but I suppose it's just it's just about putting all in process in place to get there, um, and. Like that's the one thing I loved about the sevens is we always had 
there was always a big goal to go to and like go after it and like a lot of the time we always got there like we, we managed to smash them goals and like I can even see that with the group now that they're still they still have them goals and they're still going after it like and there's nothing better like you know even when we were in Lansdowne it was the same like like you know you have that goal of winning that AIL and like when you're with your best mates like pushing for such a big goal like that there's no better feeling when you actually get there when when everyone puts in the shift together to actually get there and I suppose it takes it takes I suppose some really good mental strength to sort of as a group to sort of get everyone on the same page and sort of to feed into that um which is which is obviously huge in, in elite sport like yeah there there is nothing like it isn't there not when you're part of a team uh a kind of a high performing team when you know that you need to be at your very best all the time and you're with other guys who are doing it as well and for you to have a chance of achieving your goal yeah like i said you need to be just just dialed in all the time oh and like like it's it's, it's huge and i think i think a lot of that comes from the players like i know the coach definitely outlines a lot of the culture and and the way to drive the team and, and everyone. But then again, it comes down to the players that drive each other. And I suppose that it's a really tight knit group that everyone's like good mates, I think makes a huge difference um, to, to sort of push that in the right direction. And obviously a lot of your, your leaders that are, are, are pushing that, like, you know, um, and like, you know, you, you can see, you can see that like, that was always a good thing around with the sevens is there was, I suppose, a good bunch of senior guys and like any, any young guys that came in, like they very much quickly knew what, what direction we wanted to go. And I suppose that's really important that you've got that injection of youth coming in, but also you've got that sort of senior group to push it. And like, it, it was the exact same in Lansdowne. Like, you know, you could see that with the likes of like, you had like Boucher, you had Scotty, you know, you had, these guys who who are the senior guys who 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 obviously pushed the direction and then like at the time like we were probably the younger guys coming in that were sort of trying to push it like their goal like that goal together and I suppose that that like as well was for that that period of time man's down showed that 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 sort of dominance or that that sort of uh, winning mentality that we had like and I I suppose like that's that's a big thing around like driving that that, that culture and that that um. I suppose winning mentality. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and it's a a great point you make, and kind of what you're getting to there, like the balance of squads. And you know, sometimes how on the outside looking in, you can be like, "Why did they pick that fella? Why did they pick that fella?" Say for a, I don't know, England squad, Ireland squad, whatever. And like you said, there the kind of two or three older lads, and then we, I suppose, were young, and then in the middle, you know, we we're in the middle for a bit then and then you had younger guys like King Keller and Max Deegan like these young guys coming out of school who were just class but they were obviously 18 19 and it's just that balance of kind of old middle young and you need it you can't have yeah all young all old and, and that experience is something that when you're young you don't realize you just you know when you're a young lad say when we were playing 20s you went pretty quickly into the first team but like you kind of think geez, I should be in there ahead of him. And you're like, I could, I'm better than him. But it's like, Mike or the coaches know, like, you just need a couple of older heads. Oh, you hundred, like, just some of them old smarts make a big difference, isn't it? it, it like, you can even, even look at Australia, like, for instance, like, you know, like, they're, they're, they're not a bad side, but they just, 
they didn't really have some of them older heads that they needed to sort of, I suppose, help direct the young guys. And I suppose it was a bit of a, a flop to end World Cup off the back of it. Like, Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And a great point you made earlier about um, the energy. So like you qualifying six weeks out from the Olympics. And I remember at the time, once again, like just, I was following it or just keeping an eye on it, but whatever, I was living in Vancouver and I was like keeping an eye and saw you qualified and I was watching that and then I was like, oh, the lads now, they could go and do something. And it's so true you say about like when you put all your energy into something and then the next week you got to go again, it's it's so difficult. And you saw this with, was it New Zealand in the quarterfinal in 2019? They put all their energy into the Ireland match and then England smashed them. And then mm. England in the semi-final put all their energy into the New Zealand match and then the Springboks matched them. And it's managing that energy is so interesting for teams, for players too, because when you get to, like people say, go to the well or whatever, whatever, it's so hard to just go and do it again. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, I suppose our mindset around the time of, of that Olympics um, was we've played a big tournament um in monaco and like the other teams hadn't and we were like okay we're sharp now we're we're in a good place we're gonna go in we're, we're gonna like really push this because we're, we're, we're after having that that sharpness but i think what we didn't realize is the actual toll that tournament took on us mentally like as in like that was extremely stressful like it was a one-shot opportunity to get to the olympics like as in I just remember even before games, like I was like, I was like, I was rooming with Fitzy actually. Um, and uh, I was actually shaking, like my hands were shaking before the game because I was like so nervous. Um, and I was, he was like, man, are you all right? Like, you know, he was looking at me like, but um, I, I honestly, I, I think that really took more of a toll than we think, than we thought. Um, and it, not that we were naive, but like we we were definitely a lot more confident than we when than we were, and then I I, I think we just when we a couple of results results weren't going our way, we sort of didn't perform to where we really wanted to. But I know the lads definitely that experience really stand to them now before Paris, and like you know it'll be a it'll be a huge tournament for them. Now. I'm looking forward to seeing how they go. Yeah, that's interesting, and then. Like I can fully understand like how you would be like because sevens it's just it's a, it's wooden sport nearly in the world it's it's borderline nearly like darts where it's like it, it can, you can miss it by this much and then it's done and it's over like sevens literally a bounce of a ball it changes the whole tournament you know it's like you can prepare as best as you want but there's there's really is a big element of of fortune to an extent in sevens and that just adds more nerves to it and like you said. That was your the biggest thing in your life ever, like to go to an Olympics. You know, it just it was. I could only imagine. Oh, huge! And like on that point, like as in, like it just goes to show how how honest you have to be every time you play. Like as in, if you're a few percent off, any team will knock you. Like any team will knock you down. Like as in, you have to be a hundred percent all the time like and you know that's why it's so impressive for the likes of like New Zealand and Fiji who are so good like that they're always so you know like they're so mentally switched on when 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 they get on that field like so it just it just goes to show like 
like how tuned they in they are. Well, Fiji are probably just more physical sickos, but you know, like that that New Zealand team are just so switched on. Um, and like that was, I suppose that's a big thing that we always found as a group, which is which is difficult, is like you know, like like in fifteens, like you you could be much better than another side and if you weren't 100% you'd still get over the line and you'd still win whereas I find in sevens it's so short and if you're not right like 100% switched on then you know if as you said a few bounces to the ball a team starts getting up on you like even a team that'll be lesser than you and then a bit of doubt creeps in and then very quickly the game's over um, and, and you've you've lost so like it's 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 so important for every game and, and like you have to do that six times in a weekend so as you said going to the well like so it's really important that i just that was the one thing i found about seven was like obviously the physical end of it is very tough like you're playing six games in a weekend like you're literally like high tempo as, as hard as you can like you know with with six warm-ups you know like you're 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 physically like drained after weekend and then you have to turn around and back it up for another weekend and like so two weekends in a row so by the end of that two weeks you're you're absolutely dust physically but the mental side of it i found very tough because at least with 15s you have you one game so like you're building that whole day for for that game and like you've got that nervous energy and like you're 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 trying to get yourself in the right mindset because you're going to have to go out and try kill someone in essence like you know you're going out for a physical battle so like your mind like it's like you're like okay like even if you're playing like a nodding game you're still going to be a bit nervous because you have to get yourself up for a physical fight like whereas with sevens you have to do that six times in a weekend so you you literally have to like go through all that nervous energy like build yourself up okay i'm gonna have to go and smash somebody like you know like build that energy play 14 minutes and then you have to try and like shut your mind down shut your body down rest because like you're just trying to like decompress like everything down like sort of settle down and then in an hour time or an hour or two time you're you're trying to do that again and build yourself up again so it's like such a roller coaster of like emotion and everything else as well so it's uh look it's it's tough going like and at times you're just like it is a mental battle because at times you're like oh I wish we didn't have to play now like or you know especially if say for instance if you're if you haven't gone so well in your pool and you're playing you know that that lower tier like there's nothing worse whereas if you're going into a quarter final or a semi final like it's so much easier to get up for it like so it's it is such a big mental battle throughout throughout the the whole weekend absolutely yeah and is there anything you did in particular in the lead of two games to get up for them or right after games to slow down and to relax? I suppose every every individual had, had their own way of, I suppose, um, get like 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 15, everyone has their own sort of way of, of managing it. Um, some guys would be like very quiet and sort of wouldn't talk a whole lot. Some guys would love to talk and sort of, you know, like sort of talk through the processes and stuff. Like I, I probably was a bit of a talker, um, and sort of, I like I'd like to get it like a really good warm up in, um, like I always found like I had like a lot of like nervous energy before the game, like as in like I'd be shaking or like I'd like I'd be like you know like I'd be very very nervous, but then as soon as got out to do my warm up, that that had all be gone, and like you know I think I was more just wanted to to just get going like you know rather than like i hate that sort of sitting around waiting for the game like i just 
wanted to to sort of get out and play. And then, you know, after the game, I generally like I I try and like I I get into a nice bath straight away. Just try shut your body down, like as in try and even calm the mind. Like talk about the game, you know, for a short period of time and like review it really quickly and then sort of try and put it to bed whether it was good or bad and then sort of build from there like hey brian here i work one-on-one with rugby players helping them perform better on the field enjoy it more and maximize their careers if you feel like there's more in you and don't want to have regrets down the line head over to offfieldrugby.com now and book a free 30-minute Zoom consultation. And the link is in the show notes. On the call, you talk to me about where you're at now, what you would like to achieve, and I'll show you how I can help you get there. You then go off and decide if you want to invest in yourself and move forward with the one-on-one coaching. For teams, I do mental skills sessions over Zoom. Players will have mindset shifts on the call, but also they'll get exercises to practice going forward. So it's like an S&C program, but for your mental strength. If you're a coach or manager of a team, you can book a free 30-minute Zoom consultation now as well on offfieldrugby.com. If you have any other questions, you can get in touch with me through my social media, at Brian Moylet, at offfieldrugby, or the website, offfieldrugby.com. Alright, cheers, we'll get back into today's episode. Yeah, and that uh, that nervous energy, like you say, is is not bad in that it's adrenaline going through your body, and it's something that I remember, you know, when I was a young lad, and okay, you know, I got a hold of it then in my I don't know, or twenties or whatever. But you'd be kind of fighting it, you'd be feeling nervous, and you'd be getting your head going, oh no, oh no, and and you then get into a spin, you know? Yeah, someone someone always told someone told me like a while ago that was it just shows that you care, you know what I mean? That you really enjoy it and that you care and that you want to get out and play. And like, once you, I suppose you channel that in the right way, that it's like, like this is actually a good thing that I'm, I'm feeling this, that I'm, I'm feeling that nervous energy. It just means that like, this is, I suppose, my process of, of preparing my body for battle as such. Um, and then I, I just used, I just remember as soon as you'd step out to warm up, like that'd just go like, and I'd just be like, okay, right. I'm, I'm ready now. I'm in, I'm in the, the perfect position, but I suppose it depends on what way you look at it. Like, as, as, as you said, when I was younger as well, I used to, you know, I'd be like, I hate this. I hate this. But then I sort of learned to love it. Like, so even now, like, for instance, like I play a five-a-side on a Tuesday, like I'd still get a little bit nervous before I'm caught out to play a bit of five-a-side. But like, it's a good thing, like, because it's like, oh, like obviously it's nowhere near as high as stakes as what I, I used to play. But it's uh, it's still good to get out and, you know, get that bit of energy, like, you know, that nervous energy, like as such. Like. Oh, 100%. You feel like you're living. And I similarly, I am, um, like I go to the gym, whatever, but I do talks now for teams and like, events or whatever and like i'd be you know like real nervous before it as well but like you just sit i'd just be sitting there breathing like being like this is where i want to be and you know you feel like i feel nearly like i'm gonna have to play a match you know like i would have back in the day but it's it's yeah. love it yeah it's cool it is it's 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 a love hate feeling because it's a weird feeling but it is it's good for you though like as in because it just shows that you really really care and that 
you want it to go well like so it's uh it's it's good it's a good feeling to have like yeah 100 percent. and another one with them um, last on that but the the calming down and calming the mind and um, is something yeah so important and like you said about going into the ice bath and what the ice bath does is it makes you slow down your breathing and i think that's well thinking oh that's a huge part of it that slowing your breathing down to then down regulate because like what we're talking about is firing up your nervous system before the game and like we're saying like our nervous system your nervous system would have been so fired up that it's overwhelming i know it myself and people find overwhelming but that's good and then after you want to get that nervous system calmed right down and um yeah it's cool that you were doing the ice baths but um breathing is something like yeah before a game if the if you're fired up too much that you can slow down the breathing or after the game you definitely want to be yeah slowing down your breathing which will slow down your heart rate which will slow down your nervous system and help you relax and recover yeah and and like that i think that's such a, a big game definitely sevens anyway as in because you if, if you're still like a high like if you got a lot of like that nervous energy post game and, and carry that for an hour or two like that's that's taxing on your body taxing on your mind like you know and it's i suppose over a weekend you need to make sure for 6 14 minutes that your mind and your body is in the best position possible so that you can you can perform so like little things like like the breathing that you said the the ice baths even like even things like even talking to the lads about something different other than rugby doll or even a bit of banter like that that can just sort of I suppose change your mind off because you do need to switch off for them for that time period, and then obviously whatever it be like you know the hour before the game or something like that or half an hour before the game that you're starting to tune in and sort of get get back to where you should be like. Absolutely, and something if someone talked about energy now about ten years ago, I'd have said they're a hippie and they're mad, but you need to bring awareness to your energy so like like you how your body is feeling like the energy within your body like you're saying after one of those games if you are still up like like i remember playing friday night games i suppose we having a few pints after but even if you didn't you'd be so you'd be wow you'd be buzzing for you know you'd, you'd just be buzzing after a game for so long and it's hard to get down but sevens i can imagine even more so like the adrenaline and you need to bring awareness to your body and how you're feeling and yeah calm that down as quickly as possible and it's something i definitely learned i had to deal with like i remember i played uh, an irish under 20s game actually the first irish 20s game we played we were playing wales actually in that loan and uh i was a nervous wreck before i think i built it up to be something more than what it was um and I, I definitely underperformed in that game. Like, you know, I, I sort of let it get the better of me. Um, and even that night after the game as well, like I was up until like, as it's a, it was a Friday night game, I was up like five o'clock in the morning, like, you know, and I just, I suppose I, I did let it get the better of me, like a lot of that energy. And I suppose it, it is very, very important to be able to manage that. Um, and like, you know, I suppose even to, to sort of make an example of, I suppose even like the likes of the Irish team now who are in the World Cup, like the amount of pressure that they're under. But I know they have. Is it is it Gary Keegan? Is it you know mm. they're they've got um he, like he's he's worked with like many Olympians. Like he's um like a big performance director. Uh, Mindset performance coach. That's yeah. that's right. Yeah. So 
like he's involved with the guys at the moment and I'd say his job is so important right now in terms of making sure that they're in they're in the right mindset, I suppose, pushing throughout this, this World Cup like. Um and you can see they're they're performing seriously well so far anyway, so hopefully we can keep pushing on. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'll actually I'll put this podcast out now. I have a few more backed up and I'll put this one out uh quickly because if we're I'm keen to chat about Ireland, but um something I was thinking yeah. as well is they They've been incredible. Like that first game against Romania, incredible. And then even though they beat them by eighty, even though it's only Romania, but they were sharp, weren't they? Oh, they they're they've been very, very good. Like I I'd like to think we'll we'll put a good score in Scotland. I'd like to think now, but um look, I, I suppose they're taking every every game as it comes and they're just they're building and like they actually are building really nicely as well as in terms of like good start for Romania, like even, you know, getting big score up against them. Then beating a good tongue inside, then obviously that that shift against South Africa, which is huge. So hopefully we can push on against Scotland and then whoever whoever we meet then quarter final wise. I'd say uh, it's looking New Zealand. I say there's some buzz over there. Is there? It's funny. It's interesting. So over here. I tell you, the amount of people I've met who are like, Ireland, oh, I like Ireland, and my granddad was from Ireland, or my my friend's neighbor's brother was from Ireland, and so I'm, I like Ireland, and, and so many of them are like, genuinely, up until over the last few weeks, and they, they like the way Ireland play, and it's funny, I don't know, when the All Blacks aren't going well, and don't shoot the messenger, but I've only been here six months, but they like, they they've no time for them or you know like yeah. they're like they write them off yeah but i don't i don't know whether they're doing that to try and like it's a mind game <laughs> like, yeah, that's why, like i know the people like you know what i mean but like like as in like i i was only over in new zealand like last week as well like over on a holiday and like even talking to the people around as well they'd be like oh i think you'll beat us in the quarter like yeah, they, they keep saying this like and i'm like that's like it's, it's it's not gonna be that easy like yeah me too i'm like oh i don't know i don't know but um it's funny yeah they it's funny and another thing i saw at the all blacks documentary they put out did you see any of those they put out these documentaries the all blacks overlap like kind of documenting their last year but anyway something richie mccall said in it he was like the people expect you to be the best and number one and dominant and if you fall short of that we know that there's an expectation for you to be that and so there's such huge expectation that that's what a lot of that drives them to be what they always nearly always are is just so good and mm. so like there is there is pressure from the public like they and i can see it now you know and it's interesting that yeah they're aware of that and or he mentioned that and that yeah, that kind of drives them to be, yeah, be the best. Mm. Oh, d- definitely. Like, and it'll just be interesting to see how th- how this all sort of pans out. I suppose because on that on that one side, you've got obviously ourselves, New Zealand, uh, France, and South Africa, and then possibly Scotland, depending on how everything goes over next week. But like, you know, I, I think whoever comes out that sort of side is is going to definitely push on like you know like it'll, it'll be one of the one of the four anyway who are who are going to win it like I, i'd imagine yeah 
Yeah, Fiji, like Fiji, England, I think is the other one. And Eng England will look like they'll beat them the way Fiji played against Portugal. Um, Fiji definitely were complacent. Like they, they were nine, or sorry, they played against Georgia, like yeah. nine nil down. And they just, they must have knocked on about 50 balls, like, and get ripped in oh, contact and everything. Mental, like, you know, like, like you, there's, I suppose there's a stress on them. There's like, they're, they're in a really good position to, to push on. So you'd, you'd wonder, are they going to, well, they, they should be 40, but you wouldn't know, like, if it could be a big banana slits in there as well. Like, mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And going back, um, I was just thinking before coming on, we probably first met Leinster schools or training there or yeah. us playing against each other, Ross Craig and Kenny. But I was chatting about your journey because didn't, you didn't make that squad or did you, you're kind of in and out of Leinster underage squads. And then obviously, look, you went to the Olympics, you played Irish 20s, all that. But um, yeah, I suppose because there's so many, I just do talks with, with teams and stuff. There's so many young lads that like, they don't make an under 16, 17, 18 team or something. And it's like the end of the world and all that. Yeah. So I, I would have played like Lancer schools, eight, uh, 18s, then 19s. I would have been, I played as well, but then the twenties, I was sort of, I would have been like, um, I would have been on the bench for the first couple of games. So we played monsters on the bench. I came on, then played actually Connacht, you guys who, who bet us and then off the back of that um i suppose like the fact that you had beaten us they made a good few changes so then i managed to start against ulster and actually had a really really good game which actually got me into like the irish 20s off off the back of that so like if you lads didn't actually beat connacht or if, if connacht didn't actually beat us so if you lads didn't beat leinster i may have never got to play irish 20s off the back of that like so it's just it's mad like how certain things that happen give you certain opportunities like so as you said like you know it's i suppose it's just taking your opportunity when you get it like yeah it is mad just you said that i just thought about when it's funny i wasn't in the irish 20s and then the towards the end of the season with lansdowne uh the number eight i think kieran essex or someone had like had diabetes or something and like was got sick the day before the game and I was at the UCD ball and we were like drinking vodka at like noon and <laughs> I had a couple of drinks in and then Mike gave me a call and was like, oh, come play tomorrow and whatever. This was after going down. And I was like, cool, on the bench. And then I rocked up and Bouch was late. He was late to the game. It was like last game of the season, I think, or second last. And like, it was Contar, was it, in the Viva? Yeah, in the Viva. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and then I was like starting eight, didn't know any of the calls, didn't know anything. And I remember Mike, he was really good. He was like, don't worry about it, young man, just play. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I just like played and like balled out, like it was like throwing offloads and everything. And then Mike was like, oh, come to the Irish 20s camp next week. And I was like, cool, cheers. No way. Yeah, it's, really so it's, fun, it's funny how, um, now then I didn't go, I didn't go to the World Cup, I was like injury reserve, but um, it's funny how, it's funny how you kind of don't know. I don't know. You don't. You just. I don't know. You just gotta, like you say, take every opportunity and just play and have a crack. And the way it is as well, though. Like at the end of the day, it's a it's a coach's opinion whether if you're better than someone else. And like, you know, like I I probably found like the fact coming from Kilkenny, probably similar to Ross Cray. Like you're not really in the shop window compared to a lot of the the Dublin schools, I suppose. Um, and I, like you just have to work a bit harder, I suppose, to sort of try and get yourself 
into that that window and I suppose that's where Lansdowne like really helped me out like a good bit in terms of because there's a lot of guys who come from from every sort of background into Lansdowne and sort of then if if like if they don't really care as long as you're like good enough like and they sort of help push you I suppose to try become a professional if you can you can see that with lo- like loads of guys like that that sort of happens in Lansdowne sort of I suppose didn't really get picked up uh, like you know at the first try and you know they played with Lansdowne then pushed on so like you know like some like Matt Healy and Craiger and stuff like that like so you know I just always found it was it was a, a good place like you know hundred percent yeah hundred percent yeah and it's so true you mentioned about it. it's it's one coach's opinion that's something once again I think Gavin is younger like you think if you don't make a team you're like I'm shit I'm useless and it mustn't be and whatever but like it's I see a coach and now it's like yeah it's like literally one coach and it could be anything you know it could be a case of like say you playing on the wing they wanted someone who was more of a full back a, a you know high ball person whereas just a different style player you know it's which it's even it's, it's like even like Peter Lydon's another good example like you know he was like yeah. you know like he he wasn't getting really any game time and on and stuff and he, he went to play with C point. I remember a time I was like, What are you doing, mate? Like why are you going to C point? Like, you know, because he was playing twenties and stuff for Lansdowne and you know, I would have thought naturally he would have tried pushing the seniors, but he went to C point and then ended up getting tried with stabs, then pushing into stabs like do you know what I mean? Like it's it's mad how these opportunities just come about like and and, and push you in the right direction. Like and like he's now, he's been professional now for what the last ten years. Yeah, and for those listening, Lansdowne, what we were playing in was the top club team in Ireland. Essentially, I win all Ireland leagues and the one below the pros. And a lot of players would always go on and play in the pros and would be academy players. And then, yeah, the level lighting. I had him on the podcast last year sometime, year. but um, he essentially dropped down like four divisions to play senior rugby. We were playing 20s Colts, they called over here. Once again, a class team, like full of Irish, Irish underage, all that. And um, yeah, and I think a coach, it was a coach, because I remember the same thing. I was like, what? And he was like, oh, this coach, this coach at Seapoint said, I think it was the coach said that he knows someone in Stag could get him a trial. And he... Yeah, that that was... Yeah. He was over kicking the morning staying then. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Wild. It is wild. Yeah, you just gotta I think you gotta follow opportunities as well then is another thing. Yeah, yeah, to chase them up, make sure that they happen. Yeah. And you mentioned when we were texting there over the last couple of weeks, you get a couple of concussions playing and towards the end. Yeah, so I don't know, I suppose throughout my career I I would have had, you know, the fair share of knocks like like anybody has had like um but recently or throughout the end like i i was picking up they were getting a, they were coming on a lot easier um you know like even like a glance and they, like a lot of my symptoms were were coming on um and i suppose that was i suppose that was probably a big part of the reason why i sort of finished up as well in terms of um <clears throat> i like I to be fair, like they managed it really well in 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 the sevens in terms of like I had to do a lot of um vestibular work, a lot of like neck strengthening work, a lot of um I suppose like medication and stuff like that just to help in terms of like 
to, to get on top of my symptoms. Um, but for me, like, like you know, there was a, like, especially she said to me, look, you, when you're finished, it's just time to finish. Like, you know, just uh, to not, I suppose, run the risk of any sort of further complications further down the line. And like, even still, like, you know, yeah, like I was, I think I was saying to you, like, I, at times, like, I'd, it was a lot of time, like if I'm doing like an interview or something where I'm having to like think or sort of bring on, like I'd I'd still get a lot of like the symptoms that I I, I would have had in terms of um like some visual disturbances and stuff like that. Like, but um, I suppose it's it's gone a big part of the game now. I suppose around concussions and you know you see a lot of the lads wearing I suppose the M pros because I actually would have worn M pro as well to sort of try and help minimize the, the risk of that sort of onset of concussion and stuff like that, you know. Mm. And yeah, what kind of stuff are you doing so in the next strengthening and what else you've mentioned vestibular, what kind of stuff is that? So lads actually used to take the piss out of me over this but like I used to I had certain exercises in terms of like, so with like your balance, like, so like sometimes like I get hit and I'd lose my balance and stuff, but a lot, a lot of around your balance is, I suppose you've got your proprioception, which is the feedback into the ground. You've got, uh, your visual, obviously that has, it has a big effect. And then you've got the vestibular system in, in your brain, within your ear. Okay. And the, the big part around your vestibular system is making sure that like a lot of the, so you've got three different um sort of uh areas that you have to keep the crystals aligned okay so like you might think i'm talking all over the place but now but like a lot of a lot of the stuff i had to do was like um like i'll be walking up and down the room like turning my head side to side like head up and down like a lot of stuff with my eyes like in terms of like concentrating on like uh, a letter on the wall and like turning my head and stuff like that just so that i could sort of try and train my vestibular system in so if i ever did get like a knock or if i did like um like any any sort of contact within rugby like it it, it just meant that i wasn't going to lose my my balance like or i wasn't going to get dizzy through there because it just and like to be fair it did it worked really really well like it did definitely minimize my um my uh i suppose dizzy spells or any sort of um visual visual disturbances or anything similar. like it, it wasn't just like one thing there was like you know a, a good few different different um i suppose interventions that were put in that made made a big difference through i suppose getting me through a lot of the games mm, yeah it's it's like say yeah it's um yeah, it's obviously coming to the game. It's a big thing now, understanding it. And I think I think it's a good. It's obviously a good thing. But you know, I think more and more people just need to take people off when there's when there's a chance they may have got a knock. Because you know, I I still see it at you know levels that aren't elite levels where there aren't you know HIAs or this that the other, and it's just like just playing on whereas I've pulled off a couple of players you know like I'm like no he, he needs to go off and and then you know most of the time then later in the day or the next day I go oh, yeah I got it I did get a knock you know and the other coach is kind of like oh you know I don't know about that I'm not sure and it's like well it doesn't need to be not sure you know and yeah the problem is that when you are young that like you say you can like we I when I think back like the amount and you'd be the same the amount of times you get you get hit and you'd be dazed but you keep playing like that was just regular 
Yeah, oh, happened the whole time. And like, the good thing is the management is getting so much better. Like, you know, it it is getting so, so much better. But I think it still has a, a good bit of the way to go in terms, de- definitely at the amateur level. Like, the, the pro level is, like, it's super, super well looked after. Like, as in, you've got all your process around the HIA, your doctors on site who, who, run, who run all the, the tests, like, and... Like as in, like when I when I was with the sevens, like there was never any issue, and like that that was one of the things that the the specialist always said to me. He was like, as soon as you leave the program, or when when I left the program, he was like, do not play amateur level rugby, whatever you do, because you're just you're that's when you're really gonna put yourself in big trouble, like because you you don't have that level of care at at that level, like you know I I know. The hits probably aren't aren't as big, but it doesn't take a big hit necessarily to to do to do the damage, like right? you know. So, I suppose it's 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 important that we get that good level of care at that amateur level as well. Yeah, I feel like absolutely, and that's the thing that I once again didn't realize either. Is after COVID, like it's rugby stopped where I was for COVID, and then I went back, and you know, I just I thought nothing, but I think you know once or twice. I was, you know, I was a bit dazed or, and like just tackles that weren't massive shots to the head. But like you say, I didn't really think about it. I don't know. I didn't really think that was a concussion, but I suppose if you're thinking was that or not, it, it was. And, and then it's something that just for anyone listening, be it a player or coach, like, like, yeah, you just have to err on the side of caution. And like, it's what really does frustrate me as well is we talk about this amateur level and like look we all love playing we all love winning but I know that there's a lot of people coaches that coaches especially that will will want to win more than they will want to be certain of the player's safety and Mm -hmm. that's a fact and I've seen it over and over again and players it can be a bit different because you know when you step onto that field you just feel like a warrior and you're just like you won't be you won't go off and and it's hard as well you know other players if you see a teammate get a knock take to get them off but it can be hard as well when you're just on the moment but coaches physios people on the sideline need to be aware of it you know you see someone get a knock and they stay down for three seconds or four seconds it's not because they're lazy it's not you know like yeah yeah and like that like that was that was a big one for me as in like as i i remember like when like i started i started getting all my symptoms and stuff when i was in um it was actually when i played a jct game back in school like so when i was 15 um and like like i still like like my symptoms are always the same like get a knock I get like really bad deja vu. Then two or three minutes later, I have a big massive blind spot on my left eye, um, and then afterwards I have a mad cracking headache. And sometimes you get dizziness and stuff. But like I, like I definitely the early like a lot of the early days, like I would have played games like I wouldn't be able to see out of my left eye. Like do you know what I mean? And like it was, um, I remember I was laughing because sometimes I'd actually play better if I did get a knock like that. And I remember. That they they say to me, oh, we may hit you with a hammer before you go out <laughs> for a game on the head, like you know, like messing. But like, but like you know, like that's that's what um, you know, that's like obviously as I got on, I I I learned that like that's obviously you shouldn't be getting that, and you know we should just try and, and sort of sort that out. But like as you said, like when you're playing, you don't really think of those things. You sort of just push on through, like you know. 
Yeah. And my look, my opinion, everyone has their opinion, but like I love the game and, and always have and, and I always will, but it's like it does give you something else. You know, like some people are like, oh, should you play or not? And like like there's no there's nothing like it, you know what I mean? When you're young and you've just so much I suppose testosterone energy and want to be just out playing and it's um yeah it just needs to be managed you know this it just needs to be managed 100 percent, yeah and look it it's getting away better like even compared to when when i suppose we started to to play like at at a decent level like um compared to where it is now like it's 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 definitely got 10 times better like you know over over the course of that ten years, like I just seen there's been a, a big big definite increase in, in, in the management of this been so much better. Hundred percent. And um fair play getting the physio degree and so what talk to me about that. Like I remember you're studying you're in DCU when we were playing. So what mm-hmm. was the journey to being a physio? So yeah, so I I done sports science in DCU, um, and I sort of I I completed that um over I think it was a three or four year, and then I went in to do a masters. It it was a two year masters in UCD, but I probably I'd done it over like a three year period because I was with the the sevens, and to be fair to both the sevens and UCD, like they were extremely good to me in terms of like helped me around my placements and stuff because the placements was probably the hardest part of it because you know we had to get over a thousand hours of clinical placements um so like i would have completed that on like you know off season or managed it throughout the season like if we had like a i suppose not a big competitive time of the year like i would have you know worked like half day monday tuesday full day wednesday half day on a thursday for for the clinic like in terms of like in the hospital and then i would have trained throughout that time like so between both the sevens and the the what they call them ucd like they really dug me and helped helped me to get the the degree um and so i've i've just been working away at that now like and even like when a post covid um like i I was working as a physio as well while training for the Olympics, so that was uh that was tough work like throughout that period. But it was it was good to do because I suppose it, it gave me good experience that I was able to, um, I suppose come over here and like pick up a, a good job then off the back of that, um, which is ideal. So like I'm, the good thing is like I like I'm I'm clinic I'm um managing a clinic out here at the moment in in Sydney and Movement One Hundred One. Um, and it's it's good because I'm able to I suppose use all this sort of experience from all my rugby background and being in different professional setups as opposed to try and like again build that culture build sort of that direction for the clinic to, to do well like so it's uh it's it's been a good experience and it's it's working out well now right that's class fair play anyone in Sydney if you get a get a <laughs> get injured get over to Fossey. Yeah. Movement one on one botany lads call in look after you. <laughs> Get a little plug in there. <laughs> yeah. And what was it um when you're doing that placement, your thousand hours, are you getting paid or no? No, you're not getting paid for clinical placement, no. It's all it's all just for educational uh, purposes. I actually done um I did one of my placements in the IRFU. Um I don't know about Orla Armstrong, so it was uh it was, it was actually really good and I still use a lot of stuff today so it was um, 
it's obviously class then because I, Andy was also in there. I was working with Andy as well. He was with the, so I was sort of working across sort of the, the women's 15s and the, the seven sort of growing sort of, um, and it worked well in terms of like around my training as well and with obviously educational purposes. So it, it worked out. It was, it was looking at that, that, that opportunity. Yeah. And there's a lot of, I remember when you turned pro, was it 2018-ish or around there somewhere, there was, I think yeah. you were going to go pro the year before and then you didn't and then you did and all that. And I remember there was a couple of news articles about like the pay and, you know, like how little you were getting paid and how difficult it was. There's a lot of talk around that. So like, what, what was that like? Because you, you need to live in Dublin and how was that? So yeah, that, that was the thing. And so that was... That's why I was saying earlier, I, I had to work, um, during sort of COVID trip that, that, that I suppose the time we were going for, for the, for that qualifier for the Olympics and for the, for the Olympics. And I just remember, so like I'd work, what did I work? I worked a full day Wednesday from eight in the morning till like seven o'clock or that in, in the evening. And it'd be like, um, you know, like I, like I'd see 20 patients in, on a Wednesday, like, and I'd see them on like a Tuesday evening or Thursday evening. And like, you know, like that Wednesday is meant to be a day where you're, you're off your feet and you're resting. And you're, but whereas I was in a clinic, like going through 20 different patients, like, so I was like, I could try to get, uh, try to get, uh, some extra income in. And like, it was tough. Like, as in, I remember like, like you know like as in myself and Greg O'Shea always actually um we always uh mess around like we always say oh we love a bit of hardship because uh just love getting down and dirty when you're when you're in the middle of like training like you know and like you're having to head off and get uh get get stuck into to work and stuff and like I suppose like I always like I say to people I don't like using the word stress because I think it's such as negative um I suppose, like, like association with it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I always just call it hardship, like, because, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting a bit of hardship, like, you know, that way. So, um, like, you know, it was it was obviously tough, but, like, at the same time, you were, I suppose, playing rugby for your country and, like, you know, you'd, like, you like, you do anything you can to try and do that. Like, so, um, I suppose the big goal was to get to the Olympics and if I, obviously you needed to have some sort of financial income for that as well so because as you said like you're you're living in dublin and you know, you're, you're trying to get get everything in, in line as well like so um look i think it's it's definitely improving for the lads now like i think they've they've up to pay over i suppose each year with their performance improving they 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 add a little bit more on like but still it's it's probably not not what like what you'd you'd sort of want like a lot of the lads would be would have a job alongside playing with the sevens as well because it's not as lucrative as you know that the 15s game um and look i suppose that's because it's probably it's a new sport in ireland and you know it's it is definitely growing with with i suppose the success of the team and and that that that's a big thing for the lads as well and for for us when we were there was to try and put sevens on the map um, and I suppose the best way about doing that is is off the back of success and why I suppose winning winning gold medals at Olympics or winning World Series. So that's that's exactly what the boys are trying to push. Yeah, 
Good stuff. And it's so you're so spot on about um like hardship and it's so true. It's like I often yeah, I think so one thing I said to myself, I don't really say it anymore because I just have completely gone out of that mindset. But in the past, I don't know, a couple of years ago where I'd be like doing something, I'd be like complaining to myself in my head of like I used to say this thing is like Brian, there's someone climbing Everest right now. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Like, cough like, on, cough no on. Matter how how bad you have it, someone else is always way worse. Like, yeah, yeah, and that I I think a lot of the a lot of the pain we suffer is like is the stories we tell ourselves, like complaining to ourselves, like oh this is so hard, oh this is, and don't get me wrong, like we're you know privileged and you know we can whatever we're talking about playing sport we're talking about working like you know it's like some people have you know it's people in the world are far tougher things I'm not saying that but like a lot of people who don't have those tougher things like me in the past i know as i said i would have complained about certain things like brian what are you what are you at like cop on yeah just keep going keep pushing on like yeah exactly yeah exactly and it's funny i think i think as well sometimes i don't know whatever the age i'm now 31 you get a bit soft like i think back when i was when we were playing leinster schools i used to get a bus up from balna that took four hours four and a half hours and i loved it like you know no bother no bother and then another dublin bus so i'd be up at like six and then you train for five hours bus home and then twice a week and then like it lands down like going to the gym at six six thirty and then you know working and then going out training we were like three nights a week on a wednesday as well the forwards and like and then it's funny then sometimes nowadays i'd be like getting tired i'm like brian are you, would you ever get a hold of get yourself 100 percent, man like as in like 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 likewise as well like i actually there the other day i actually we i tried one of them running sessions we were doing over covid and i nearly died at the end of it and i was like how the hell was i doing this every day <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah. it's crazy like yeah what would they have been like what would a sevens yeah like conditioning been like oh it's, it's tough man like as in i always think a good a good tester for you to know where you're at is um with these they're called 120s so it's um you start on the try line, you run out to the far 10 and back. So you run out 60 meters and back. Um, and you have to do that in 20 seconds. And you have you have 20 second break. And you have to do, you know, four to six reps of those. And if you can if you can do those and and be getting in under the 20 seconds each time, like you're, you're in a, like, I think that's a good tester for your, your fitness. Like, um, because I, like, I remember like we'd be doing them in 18 seconds. Like, you know, like, but I was like, like I, I, I don't hear that every evening. Like I was like, is this pitch really long or what's the story? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, killer like. Um, you must be on a Gaelic field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wrong Americans or something. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, are you still? So you mentioned five aside. Do you still train or play or do a bit? Yeah. So I like I do. I, I gym a bit. All right. Like and I. Um, I've I've been playing a bit of five aside as I said. I I done a city to surf there. It's a fun run, like a fourteen k, and I've done a bit of training for that. But I just find the long runs are it's not the same. You're not chasing a ball or something like that. Um, so I'm doing five aside, and I've signed up for some tag rugby and touch footy for the for the uh, summer now over here. 
Um, and then other than that, like I always get out and do, I do a good bit of deer shooting. Um, so I was actually, I got out when I was over in New Zealand there as well, which is pretty slick. Um, so just doing like loads of hikes and stuff like that over, over around here. But it's, uh, I suppose still trying to find something to, I suppose, get, get the, I suppose that same sort of fitness levels you're going to get off the sevens or off rugby. I don't think it's hard to find something similar to that. Like I suppose that the, the tag and the touch footy and stuff will probably be something similar to it, but it's, 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 it's tough like that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Find sport or something. I'm similar. I go, go like F45 five mornings a week, but it's like, Correct. it's, but it's literally, it's like that. It's 30, it's kind of five minute, a few minute warm up and a few minute cool down, like 30 minutes or 35 minutes. You know, it's not, it's nothing hectic, but, um, I was thinking that I was like, oh, I need to do more, but I don't want to be doing running either. I don't want like half marathon, that kind of stuff. I did a couple of half marathons just my own in Vancouver. It do- just, oh, it just doesn't do it for me, you know, just running. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I feel like, um, I feel like I need to try and get something, you know, sports orientated anyway, like, you know, I don't really have the touch as a soccer player, though. So it's no. <laughs> <laughs> you just, yeah, batter someone. Yeah, now the rape is touching me like this. <laughs> I was thinking, um, I was thinking of doing jujitsu, because you see a load of people doing that. that but that's huge over here, man, isn't it? Like it's very, very yeah. big down the center of the world. Yeah, there's a lot of lads who, who actually a lot of extra players get into it. Like, yeah, and so I just need to strengthen the neck because I still like eighteen months later. I think it's my posture as well. Like I have to do different things, but like, um. Yeah, like just get like a bit, I don't know, you slight bit foggy in the head after in the evening. And it's it's a posture thing as well, like my head sticking out, like a lot of people do, you know, if you're on your phone or on laptops or whatever, it's something I'm aware of. But um, anyway, I just think I need to strengthen the neck before I be getting into jujitsu effect and smashing people in that. Yeah, fair, fair. Not that I was ever too keen on tackling or any of that carry on, but yeah, I was trying to avoid it most of the time. More the tap and go fella, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. I was my, I, my heart was singing when I saw the big fat Fijian prop doing a tap and go the last day. And then I was like, oh, Straight my out man. Yeah, I was like, my man, my man. And then he lost the ball. And then I was just laughing. I was thinking, that's probably all, that's definitely what people were thinking when I was playing that's, with them. That's what you were doing, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, great chatting to you. Um, yeah. Great chatting. Great catching up. Oh, Andre, it's been a pleasure, man. It's, uh, it's unreal. Cheers for listening into the pod today. If you're new to the pod, welcome. Be sure to check out some earlier episodes and subscribe wherever you're listening so that you get the new episodes when they're released. In my mid-twenties, I began studying the mind and that led me to playing the best rugby in my life and enjoying it so much all the time, like regardless of results. Whereas when I was younger, there were highs and lows and it felt uncertain, like I was on a roller coaster. But then, when I began developing and harnessing my mind, it felt like I'd absolutely cracked the code. Now I work one-on-one with players, and yes, I help you overcome challenges, and we do mental skills work so that you can consistently perform at your peak. But I also help you expand your mind and grow as a person. 
You know the way you often feel like you have more in you. You have more to express. You have more to bring. And it kind of gets frustrating when, yes, you're getting some results, but you know you have more inside you. I help you bring that out. Every single player that I've worked with one-on-one for over 12 months has made a team that they didn't think they could make in that time and or signed a new increased contract that way more than covered the investment that they made in themselves for the one-on-one coaching. If you're a player or coach and would like to learn more, head over to offfieldrugby.com now and book your free 30-minute Zoom consultation with me. Through this podcast, I want to help millions of people live happier, more fulfilled, and more successful lives because I absolutely know that it's possible. If you want to be an absolute legend now and help me out, there's three things you can do. First is to share the pod. You can send it on some friends, share it on social media, and simply just tell people about it. Second, you can leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening now. On Apple Podcasts, when you click into the pod, you can scroll down and there's an option to leave a review and up to a five-star rating. And on Spotify, when you click into the pod, on the left-hand side, you'll see a little star. You can click on that and then leave up to a five-star rating again. And third thing, lastly, just make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening. Those three things, sharing the pod, leaving a rating and a review and subscribing really, really help the podcast grow, helps us help more people. So thank you so, so much. Please connect with me over on social media. Instagram is at Brian Moylet, at Offfield Rugby. LinkedIn is Brian Moylet. And any thoughts, questions, feedback, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. Thanks a mil for listening today. I really, really appreciate it. Be good to yourself, get after it, and I will see you next week. Cheers.